The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. It is... Wednesday, folks, it's already halfway through the week. It's hump day is what my man Ben McKee would like to say. We got a little change up today. We got Seth Stokes on with us this morning. And boy, it's good to have Stokes on midweek. That's what we call real midweek heat. Good morning, Stokes. Good morning, Ben. What is up? Oh, good morning. How we doing today? Man, good, 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 good. Ben. Good morning, team. I know Ben good, man. Ben is good. Ben is good, man. His basketball teams won yesterday. His basketball team has a chance to do something special in postseason play. I know you're happy, Ben. I'm happy for you, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Stokes, I'm sorry, man. Whoo, sorry. It is what it is. It, it is. It is what it is. So, you know, how about those? You know, how about those baller balls getting a W last night? They did, man. But I, I tell you guys, I, I. You know what, Seth? I got more questions than answers. I don't feel bad for you. That's right. I'm taking the bad friend route because now you know. How Swain and I have felt for the past decade. So welcome to the party. What? In terms of uh, the team you hate most winning a national championship. What you are feeling and what you have felt the last 24, 36 hours is what Swain and I have been dealing with for the past decade. So welcome to the party. I'm glad you could join us. That is true. I didn't know the national championship game had already been played. (laughs) I see, what, I see what you did there, buddy. I'm, I'm try, I, I've been trying to scrub it from my memory since Monday. Buddy, I literally stayed off Twitter yesterday to avoid it. Same. I was I was very, very inactive on social media. Uh, I mean, I've been sick, too, so that plays a little part in, into it. But also, I just didn't want to didn't want to look at it, didn't want to deal with it, didn't want to see the celebrations, didn't want to see the articles, none of that crap. They don't deserve happiness. They don't deserve any happiness at all. It sucks. It sucks. It's a nightmare. I hate it. I don't like it. I don't want anything to do with it. It sucks. My man Stokes is serious about his Georgia hate. He planned his where's sickness. The, where's the time stone? I need to roll this back and 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 so they can redo that. It sucks. Yeah, Bama, if Bama's healthy with their wide receivers, it, it may be a different story. But hey, man, it's part of the game, and you know Georgia, Georgia, mm-hmm. you know made it happen. But man, you must be. You must really hate Georgia a lot to plan your sickness around the national championship game. Uh, that's like, pr- that's it, pretty good. That's pretty good, Stokes. It, it sucks. No, I, I did. I tested positive for COVID on Saturday. I started feeling back Thursday and and tested positive on Saturday. So I just kind of been laying around for the past few days. I'm finally starting to feel a little bit more like myself again. It It's not fun at all but uh, yeah, this this sucks. But you know what? You know, you say if, they ha- if they'd have been healthy, they, you know, it might have been different. I don't know. I don't know if the two receivers being healthy would have helped that offensive line. I mean, Bryce Young, Bryce Young only only got sacked. I want to say like 
twice. Um, there was a stat there in the fourth quarter where Georgia had got sacked six times, and Bryce Bryce got sacked once. But it was the he, pressure. He got sacked. Yeah, the was, pressures, yeah. man. The pressures were, but, were were getting to him. He was kind of having to make some decisions before he wanted to. Was chucking and ducking a little bit. I mean, getting hit as he threw the ball. I felt, and I don't really feel bad for for people, but he he was getting hammered. Well, I mean. Bennett was getting hit and hammered, you know, too. It's just He deserves it. <laughs> it's just that Bryce Young didn't have you know, he didn't have his boys to to make plays for him. And um he, you know, had a couple, he had a couple drops there in the fourth quarter from young receivers and and yep. uh, but injuries are part of the game, man. It it is That's and, true. But I'm trust me, trust me guys, we 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 feel the same about just kind of staying off social media. Didn't want to see all the Celebration! I turned the game off after the pick six. Uh, I was, I was, I was done, man. It, this is what I dreaded happening—a Georgia winning championship. But uh, it happened. It was, it was probably going to happen at some point. Uh, if you recruit at a high level, at some point you're gonna, you're gonna win, and that's what happened with um with Georgia, man. So now it's about, it's about Tennessee. It's about Tennessee going out and getting better. And we spoke about this yesterday. Uh, Stokes, but it's 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 about going out and getting getting players, and not just getting players, but keeping players and developing those guys, and making sure that uh, you get, have a little luck on your side with with injuries and things like that. But mm-hmm. it, it's time to go to work. It's been time to go to work, but it's time to work together. And yeah. we've had we you know we've had our fair share of, of misery. When you've had fractions and people trying to do it their own way and trying to be selfish, but at the end of the day, you, you, you can't quit Tennessee. The love that you have in your heart, that, that that just doesn't go away. And for those that have been frustrated with Tennessee, that said they've been done with Tennessee, uh, it's hard to quit Tennessee. And you have small groups that are trying to help and put Tennessee in a position to be successful and bringing people together. Inspire Sports Group is doing that, guys. Uh, I got a message yesterday. Inspire for real? Are they legit? I want to I wanna help. I want to get on board. I want to donate. I'm like, yeah, man. They're, they're legit. They're legit. Um, last, what year is this? 2022? So, summer, right when this thing was just an idea, we, we went to lunch. And we were like, guys, it's going to take, it's going to take someone like something like this to help Tennessee because Tennessee, the school, may not do this themselves, and they can't legally can't do it. But it's going to take fans, people that love the school, to say, all right, man, if it's up, to, if it, if it is to be, it's up to me. Let's structure this thing. Let's put this thing together. Um, let's let's go do it. And Inspire Sports Group was you know in, in the infancy stages and was a was a great idea and then we threw together uh Tennessee Prime and and then you know that was just one one event one platform that we that we used the NIL with and and those guys have taken us up further every idea that, that that they had and shared with me they are doing it they have crisscrossed the southeast meeting with people that love Tennessee uh to 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 build this thing their website uh, lays it all out. The 150, 
151 Club, excuse me, the 1951 Club um, is a club that allows everyone to participate, to help Tennessee, you know, be where we need to be. And trust me, it has already helped. It has already helped, you know, bringing in players, uh, our players on our football team, feeling um, feeling appreciated, uh, feeling valued, and uh, they understand that they bring value to this university, so they have been able to to benefit from that. And we got to keep it up. We got to keep it going. But um, it's about the on field product, and the, the better that looks, the most attractive Tennessee is, and easier for t- the coaches to recruit, and it makes. Groups like Spire Sports Group able to go in and, and help as well. So we, we, we got we know what we gotta do, man. When you see when you see Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State, you know, being at a certain level. Clemson just fell off, but we know what level we have to get to and what we gotta do to get there. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to get there. Uh, I you know, I, I I'm tired of of being uh, a middling SEC program right now, whatever it takes. Well, preseason 2022 says the Tennessee is not going to be Midland because uh, the the not so well the the too early to tell preseason rankings <laughs> next year. You know how they always do that after a national oh, championship yeah. game. They you know, they got they got they got Tennessee. You know, preseason ranked. Ben, do not you do not care about that, do you? Nope, I don't either. Because Same. I just know some of y'all do. I'm I'm not even going to to go the negative route this morning and mention the defense. A lot of work to do, man. A lot of work. A lot of work to get done. A lot of work to get done. So, um, but it. I mean, it, it makes sense why people are going to put Tennessee in all of their early top twenty fives. They've they've got one of the best quarterbacks in the country coming back in Hendon Hooker. Hendon, one of the best receivers in the country. Coming back in Cedric Tillman. Wow, that's and weird to say, but it's true. There are other mm-hmm. weapons as as well. I mean, you you've got practically your entire O line coming back, and you'll have Jalen Wright back. You'll have Jabari Small back, and there there's a lot of buzz around Josh Eipel now. Obviously, way more buzz than there was at the beginning of the season, and uh, there, there's a perception that Tennessee is on. The climb, and it's a correct perception, but I'm, I'm just speaking to how these way too early top 25 rankings work. It's it's the teams that generate the most buzz at the end of the year and, and return players, and Tennessee checks those boxes. Hey, man, Tennessee took an L in the bowl game, and still people see that you know there's a lot returning on, on offense, and there's some players that played on defense that's returning, and uh, Ben, you, you, I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, defense has to be sh- shored up, but more players in the portal, man. Yesterday, there's a tight end I would love to talk to. There's a outside linebacker transferring from Alabama that I would love to talk to. Hey, man. Maybe Drew, Drew Sanders. You ever uh, ever been to Knoxville, my 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 good friend? <laughs> Hey man, there's some there's some, there's some SEC players. Uh, I, I think Tennessee's gonna be able to get. There's a. Uh, I don't care that he just won a national championship with Georgia a day and a half ago. There's a corner that entered the portal from Georgia. And I saw that too. You ever been up to, to Knoxville, buddy? Our barbecue's better. 
Just ask uh, various mims. Golly, man. The blunders of Pruitt in that national championship game. Oh my gosh, the players uh, should, ridiculous. should be here. That, but yeah. I got I got real angry when AD Mitchell caught that touchdown. That that was like the one time during the game where Adonis Mitchell from Antioch, Tennessee, who wanted to come to Tennessee, but Pruitt told him no. He caught the touchdown in the national championship game. It was a heck of a catch, and he's been making great catches all year. That that was the only time I really got triggered during the game. Yeah, I can, I can deal with the whole losing out to Georgia for Nolan Smith because he's like the number one overall player, number one overall player in the state, and all you know all that good stuff. But like when you have a player that want to come to your school, and then you tell him no, and he's from your state, and he's from your state, and then he goes to Georgia. It is balling as a true freshman. I did find joy in. You deserve to be punched in the face. Smile Munden when he got that holding call on the uh, the kick return. Remember Georgia had that big kick return and they mm-hmm. got called back for holding. Mm-hmm. And it was Smile Munden, Brian Niedermeyer's boy. I got happy in that moment too. Ha! Take that smile. You ain't smiling now, are you? <laughs> we'll take our first. <laughs> we'll take our first break of the day. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Networks hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Networks high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. Is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. Hello, is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. What are you doing? Calling around to get the best rate on a car loan. Why? Everyone knows Alcoa 10 is the best choice to purchase a vehicle or refinance your current loan. And with low interest rates and 90 days to your first payment, it's a no-brainer. You can even apply online and sign all the documents from the convenience of your home. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Alcoa 10 Credit Union. It's so easy. Go to atfcu.com for details. Rates are dependent on credit score and equal housing lender. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of Quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup 
Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Carolina offense. Poor Frank Martin. Guys, I like Frank Martin. He's really hard not to like. Really hard not to like. I don't know how long he's going to be there in South Carolina, but he's really hard not to like. Rick Barnes was talking his post game, and uh, he comes over there and grabs the mic and tells the Tennessee fans they got a good one, and had a lot of high praises for, for Rick Barnes, and you know, no one's questioning Rick Barnes as, as a man and as a as a Hall of Fame coach, as an influencer, as as a, a staple in this community, and someone that's been very impactful. And no one's questioned that at all, no one at all. But man, I love me some, I love me some Frank Martin, man, I really do. But golly, he 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 was looking like Bobby Huggins out <laughs> over there, man. He looked like Bobby Huggins. Well, he's just like, I, I hate this team. <laughs> Remember that a couple years ago when Tennessee played West Virginia? Mm-hmm. And Bobby Huggins looked miserable. Like, oh, my gosh, I please trade this team for another team. That's how Bobby Huggins looked. Frank Martin sometimes didn't even yell, Stokes. He didn't even yell. And he's always MF in his team. He didn't, oh, yeah. He did it last night, but he didn't do it as much. No. No, it's, and it's, it's the sign that, that a coach has kind of just given up on you. Uh, as a player, if they if they stop trying to to get on to you or coach you up or make you better, like if they just sit there and watch you fail and don't really say much, that's that he's over you. Yeah, he uh, usually man, he is. I, I I bet it had something to do with his his health, but like there's times when he just he just sat out. He was like, this is this is bad, and then during during timeout or. Dead ball, um, you know he would he would mf his team, ask the player mm-hmm. what the blank he was doing. <laughs> but like, 
there were some passes that South Carolina was throwing. I was like, do y'all realize y'all in a college basketball game and not at the YC, YMCA? Like, that is that's a terrible angle. That's a terrible decision. What are y'all doing? And Tennessee had so many opportunities to to make that a thirty point game. Um, shooting was it? Guys, this team can't shoot. Like it's, it's all it is. This team can't shoot. They think they can, but they can't shoot. Got into the win column. Which is the best thing to do after losing a game, right? Is is getting a good a good win. That's what Tennessee got. They got a win. Yeah. But how do you shoot like that, that from the free throw line? That was the most ho hum twenty point win, most unconvincing twenty point win I've ever seen in my life. I mean it they they won by twenty, but it did not feel like they won by twenty whatsoever. And they they shot a little bit better from the field. I mean, they finished forty four percent from the field, but you just cannot go eleven of twenty five from the free throw line. How is that possible? You, you and you missed the the front end of like three one and ones. What That's are we doing? So infuriating. And as Tennessee fans, I mean, we are still a little spoiled because didn't Grant Williams have a streak of like fifty eleven? You know, free throws made in a row or whatever. Yeah, like Vanderbilt. it was insane. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we are used to seeing Tennessee teams be able to hit free throws consistently and have a high percentage at the stripe. Yet this team, it's like, what's the point of even getting fouled, man? You're just going to miss it. It is um, something that they. Like, game over with. Yeah, man. Something that Dane brought up last night is something that um, we, we touched on on Monday. It's mental. Like we, we got guys that have nice strokes, nice nice shooting motions. The mechanics are, are there. It's mental. Ben and I was talking about this during the break with, with Justin Powell. There's something mentally going on with this basketball team. There's no reason. There's no reason to be shooting free throws the way they did last night. And – Tennessee won by 20 points. So there should be more positive than negative. It like we, And there we, is we're happy. But man, it's hard to ignore if, this. If it felt last night, I mean, they won by 20. They covered the spread. But they, it, they the under was hit. Thank you, Tennessee. South Carolina's just not good. <laughs> I mean, they they do have a good defense. They do have a good defense. But I mean, they, they should hold them to 46 points. They they don't – we think Tennessee's offense is bad. South Carolina's is 10 times worse. Yeah, it's bad. They don't, they don't have the players, and they don't have the offense that generates shots. So, like, again, it was the most ho-hum 20-point win I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. I mean, it, it just – Drug on it. It was not a a pretty basketball game, and, and I think I think it's because of the free throws is is the reason that I feel the way that I do. I mean, they they go eleven of twenty five. If they go twenty of twenty five, then then maybe I feel differently because I mean they didn't turn the ball over a ton. Fifteen is a little more than you'd like, obviously, but forty four percent from the field. You if you would have told me that before the game, I would have signed up for it all day long. Thirty three percent from three. 
maybe like a, a tick or two higher. But, I mean, that's a huge improvement from what it has been. You had 21 points off turnovers. You, you won the rebounding battle, 40 to 38. You, you won the battle on the offensive glass, 12 to 10. You had nine second-chance points to their six. Uh, their bench did outscore Tennessee's bench, 25 to 17. You outscored them in the paint, 28 to 16. I mean, it's really just the free throws, I think, the reason that I feel the way that I do. That's Matt, I, I yeah, think ahead, most people are just a little, I'm going to say salty towards this team right now, but they're they're very down on, on this men's basketball team at the moment just because uh, there's been games that Tennessee lost. They probably shouldn't have lost, and it's it's part of it's because of free throws. And part of it is because you've got guys that are are missing wide open threes and continue to take those shots. When why why do you have the green light to shoot? Why? Yeah, that's I mean, what I want to know. You know, it's it's a fair question to ask when you see all the the bricks. But the guys they make if you make it in make it inconsistently, you know, um, in your shooting sessions and in practice, then I mean you you gotta have the green light uh, until you get out of that that funk and that that uh. Mental rut. I remember the Lamonte Turners, the Jordan Bowdens. I mean, the Admiral Schofields. They went through it as well. But there's negative. But man, how about Zakai Ziegler? Man, eleven points. Um, what was his plus minus? You got that, Ben? Is that available with it this with these numbers? Because I want to know plus, his plus minus. Plus twenty three, second best on the team. Behind Santiago Vescovi. There's only three that had plus minuses better than 20. Santi with a 26, Ziegler with a 23, and Folky with a 22. Man, I was thinking that plus minus has to be great for Zaka Ziegler because he came with, in and changed the game. Man, defensively, he puts pressure on the ball. Um, there was one time the ball was trying to be reversed back uh, to the top, and Zaka Ziegler had great. Uh, denial defense was in great position, got the steal, and then the finish using his 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 low to the ground stature uh, to still be able to finish going into the defender um, while protecting the ball and putting the ball high up on the glass. He has mastered that obviously because he's had to deal with that his entire life. But man, he he was he was impactful. You can see it. You can see it, man. Twenty two minutes, eleven points. Two turnovers, four assists. So, hey man, the two to to one assist to turnover margin was was hit there for Zakai. Um, he brings energy. Yes, you can just see it, man. He is he is he was fun to watch. He's, yep, last night. Yeah, he, he typically is. Uh, he's one of my favorite basketball players on this team. Um, I, I just I love the the emotion he brings to the game, the energy, the way he plays, just. He is always pretty well fun to watch, and I just I wish you could get more guys. Like Rick Barnes just said, if he could get more guys to have whatever it is the guy has, he would he would love that. And that's I agree with him um, with it. I just he he's an awesome story, and just really really cool to see him get out there and make an impact. Uh, Focusing looked better. He he looked like those two days of. In between the LSU game and last night's game, he looked like he had more energy being. He looked uh, – he was more efficient. He was five for eight, got you ten points. Um, defensively, he challenged some shots, had two blocks. Uh, I thought he did a really good job bouncing back from from 
the tough tough loss. He's you know he's still not the go to player in the post. Dame Bradshaw said it last night, Ben. The best post player is Olivier. That's what he said during the broadcast. I caught it. I, I think Olivier has the most potential and the best skill set. I don't know if he's the best one right now. but Are, are you uh, doubting Dane Bradshaw? I was about to say that Dane Bradshaw knows a lot more about basketball than than, than I do. And he's from Memphis, 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 Memphis. That's right. He is from Memphis, Maine, Memphis. from the 901, from the M. So you don't doubt people with basketball from Memphis. But uh, I, I certainly see the potential with Olivier. He did not have a good night last night. Got into foul trouble. And Rick said after the game he thought Olivier was too anxious from the jump. And that Olivier wants to catch the ball and then decide what he's going to do with it. And in Rick's opinion, you can't play basketball that way. You, you have to make a decision of what you're going to do with it before you get the basketball. And that that's the next step for Olivier, but Folky did look better. Ten points, five for eight shooting, seven rebounds, two blocks, and I mean, he he was still kind of sluggish. Uh, and and Rick said that they told him before the game to, if you need a spell, let us know and we'll get you out of there. And he did. And particularly in the second half, I saw him sitting at the end of the bench with the trainer. So I guess good on Folky for not trying to play through something he doesn't need to play through if he's not feeling like it and hurt the team as a result of doing so. But uh, he better be ready come Saturday because Oscar Shibway and, – and it's not just John Fulkerson. I mean, the entire set of, of post players. And I'm going to say trio of post players instead of foursome of post players because I'm going to be honest, I don't want to see Brandon Huntley Hatfield on the floor. I'm good. I'm good. What's the, say 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 his last name again? Huntley Hatfield. No, not him. The Kentucky dude, Oscar Sheboy. Listen, Ben, that guy. If we don't come prepared, will take our lunch money and make us like it. Yes, and I would I would just willingly give him my lunch money. He had thirty points and like thirteen rebounds last night against Vanderbilt. And against LSU, he was a beast too in the paint. He's had like three or four 20 rebound games this year. Where the hell are they finding these dudes from? He well, transferred from West Virginia. I was sitting there thinking Bob that. Bob Huggins called him a fake All American. Oh, well. A pretend All American. Something like that. He's he not right now. Like, I was sitting there watching the Auburn Alabama game. Thank you, Auburn, for, for covering. But, like, I was watching the Auburn game, and I was like, where, where did Bruce get this dude from? Where, where did Bruce get these guys from? Bruce in that transfer portal, man. Bruce was in that transfer portal. Yep. I'm like transfer portal's where it's at. Yep. I'm 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 sitting there like. And then you look at the Kentucky Vanderbilt game, and there's players on Kentucky's team that we talked about potentially being a addition for Tennessee, shooting their basketball from the outside, and Grady. And um he goes to Kentucky. He's he's what leading the SEC in three point percentage right now. He is filling it up. And the guy that we brought in to shoot the basketball from the outside won't shoot. <laughs> like he like, nah, I'm good. I'm not shooting. And um 
I don't know if he had a ton of open shots last night talking about Justin Powell, um, but there's he he is trigger shot for some reason right now. But he took zero attempts last night, zero, and didn't have an assist. If if not for two rebounds, he would not have done anything in the box score other than the 19 minutes he played. Yeah, my my high school coach would have been like, man, you you didn't. You didn't. You didn't piss a drop. You didn't even put any ink on the on the on the paper. We didn't use any ink for you. What, what did you do tonight? That's what my high school coach would have would have said. But man, I'm I was watching Alabama Auburn game. Like, yeah, this is this is this is where we need to be. Like this this, and that's why people are frustrated. Like Wendell and, Green and Stokes uh, said earlier something along the lines of people are kind of meh about this basketball team right now and it's it's because there's an expectation that Tennessee should be playing at the level Auburn and LSU is at and they should yep. they're they're mm-hmm. not right now and it's fair they should Folky and Urosh and Olivier better be ready come Saturday because Oscar Shibway Olivier thought he got it bad against LSU Oscar Shibway will will end your basketball career if if you are not ready yeah, he he physical, man. In Rupp Arena. Yeah, he, he he physical. He will he will dunk on your face and make yeah, you he like will it. Steal your girlfriend, take your mama out on a date, and steal your lunch money. Yeah, yeah. But I was sitting. I'm telling you, I was sitting there watching our game, watching Alabama Auburn flipped over to Kentucky Vanderbilt. I just started thinking about all the transfers that were playing in these games and how it could have been a little bit different. With, with Tennessee's roster, and I'm like, man, where did when where, Wendell Green was at Eastern Kentucky and you know moves up, and the dude stole the show last night. Stole the show last night. Well, he was one of the guys that stole the show for uh, for 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 Auburn. The number one overall pick, Jabari Smith. Really stole the show, but him and him and Wendell Green just just took over that game for for Auburn, and I'm like, yo, look at these transfers they have, and our transfer won't shoot it. And but <laughs> we kind of mentioned it yesterday, Stokes. I mean, Tennessee wanted Walker Kessler, and he didn't have a great. I think he was in foul trouble. He's in foul trouble, man. He, uh, but he's he's a lottery pick. He will be a lottery pick. Last night was his worst game of the year because yeah, of foul he, trouble, but he will be a lottery pick. Um, Tennessee wanted him after he transferred from North Carolina. Tennessee wanted Jabari Smith. Were we second for Jabari Smith? I don't know for sure, but I, I, I Tennessee was up there, up there. Tennessee had a, a real deal shot and, and was pretty much in it until the end. Remember, remember how I said um, – I, I think that they were second, but I don't know that for sure. Remember how I said in Tennessee, when you need a bucket, you know, with Grant, you, you can put him on, like, the elbow, put him on the block, you can isolate. Um, Tennessee yep. doesn't have that, that that type of player right now. And um, you don't have to be a number one overall pick to to have a go-to player in offense. But what Auburn was doing last night is exactly what we're missing. Like, they put mm-hmm. Jabari Smith on the elbow and said, here, go do you. Had a fadeaway jumper. Um, had a couple shots in the corner. Just when you needed the bucket, it was Wendell Green. It was Jabari Smith. 
You throw in KD Johnson, who is a little firecracker. That, that, tough that's as nails. Not doing it. So he is a, a pit, pit bull. bull. Yeah, like like with with rabies. Yeah, man. He 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 is a problem, man. He's a pit bull if I'm gonna get the mouth out there. He's a straight up dog. So like they got some dudes that can take you off the bounce that when they need a bucket can go get you one. And that's that's where we have to to be right now. Well, we, that's where we want to be. It would be great if we're there right now, but we need to be there um, at some point during the season if we want to play further than the first weekend in the NCAA tournament. So who's the guy on the roster currently that that, that they should be able to lean on to do that? Nobody. I I think that's, it should be. I think I think Santiago is capable of getting a bucket when he wants to, but he he's crafty. He's crafty. He can and and. I guess I'm also thinking, and this doesn't necessarily, I guess, 100% apply to what you're asking. But, like, with the game on the line, he can either go get you a bucket by by getting to the rim or drawing a foul or by setting up his teammates. Like, if you, if you need a bucket, Santi can penetrate and, and create and make something happen and create for his teammates and, and get a bucket in that manner as well. What's a bucket? I said bucket. I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> It's all good. I said bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't want to get into the words game. I know, I don't, man. Mister stole the show. Yeah, man, I know it happens. <laughs> We're both bums up here. No, it happens, man. It happens. <laughs> it happens. It happens. I'm sure. I, I I'm sure I said it. But, but I, I think Santi can create when when the game's on the line, either for himself or for his teammates. But he he doesn't really do it and I think that goes back to our conversation over the last week or so that it's more of a a system offense rather than at Alabama and at Auburn and at Arkansas and LSU it's still a system but it's 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 more of an open system than it is here yep because those those offenses you can go and get a bucket and here you 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 get your bucket within the offense yes within the offense I like I saw Wendell Green take one of the worst shots of the whole game. Straight up air ball. They didn't get yelled at. You know how <laughs> my wife, I turned the game on when I got home last night. With, with And it was like four minutes to go in the game. And it was after Alabama went on its 12-0 run to, to tie it. And uh, my wife, who knows nothing about basketball, but because she grew up in the state of Alabama, her parents are Auburn fans, her aunts and uncles are Auburn fans. She she was curious about the Auburn Alabama game, so she was somewhat watching when she wasn't watching TikToks. And that air ball that you just mentioned, she looked at me and said, "What is he even trying to do? I mean, this, I mean, how do you not even hit the rim?" <laughs> so my point is, like, if she can recognize how awful of a shot that was, then. It was, it was a really bad shot. It was a bad shot, but like nothing was said to him. The, the, does he not realize that he didn't even hit anything? Nothing. He got two players hurt. It was so bad. So when did you become oh a basketball goodness. expert? Yeah, two players got hurt, man. Jabari Smith. I was like, no, Jabari, get up. Because I would say I had a had a nice little wager on the game. I did a parlay, three three team parlay that hit yesterday. Thank you to Tennessee and. In South Carolina's um, not so great offensive uh, 
display. Appreciate that. Take the under there. I'm glad uh, they could go out and get you some buskets. They did give me some buskets. Um, they didn't get me a lot. That over-under was at 140, which was crazy. So I took the under there and then took the main line on Kentucky and Vanderbilt and then took Auburn to cover. Action two four seven, I, I yeah, got, baby. I know you got nervous at the end. <laughs> I know, man. I was nervous when uh, Shackelford and uh, the boys was hitting threes at the end, and, and Auburn wasn't getting any buskets. No, nah, I was a little nervous, man. It was a little nervous. I was a little nervous. So, oh man, Tennessee won the game, though. Let's let's make sure we reiterate that. Let's make sure we understand that Tennessee won by twenty, but it's hard to feel a ton better about our offensive production moving forward. It's, it's, it, it's really hard to be optimistic about that. Is it is it time to wear criticism of, of Barnes and how he goes about his offensive schemes and stuff? Is it is it fair to go ahead and, and let's start criticizing this and, and wondering if, if things are going to get better? I think it's fair. Um, I think it's yeah, fair because I do too. it like it. It's been the same offensive system, it seems, for you know the entirety of, of his time here. But what's happened is you you've had Nate Oates enter the league. You've had you know Bruce Pearl hit with his style of play. You look around the league and the style has changed a little bit. You know, they mentioned during the broadcast, I think it was, uh, it was, uh, it was Alabama Auburn broadcast, Jimmy Dykes, when he mentioned like SEC is one of the most up and down leagues in the country as far as tempo. Like they get up and down the court. It's not, it's not some old school Big East basketball. Like, and that's what, it's fast pace. That's what Tennessee is. And last night after the game, that's what Tennessee is not. What? Fast pace. I know. That's what I'm saying. Old school Big East basketball. Oh, Tennessee's old. Yeah, yeah. Tennessee's old school Big yes. East basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Tennessee yeah. is not what the SEC is now. Correct. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll be honest. I cringed a little bit. Cringed a lot, actually, last night when Rick said after the game, no two teams mirror each other more in the SEC than South Carolina and Tennessee. Oh, that's not good. That's, that's that's not a compliment, right? <laughs> that's, that's not good. And and he was talking. Yeah, that's what not to say. And he was talking from the toughness standpoint and defensive standpoint because with with Rick, it's all about it's it's defense first, defense and playing hard. Like that that's that's what Rick cares about most. And then the offense comes off of good defense, off of playing with a ton of effort. Whereas this this new thought process that these coaches have brought to the SEC is we're gonna we're gonna get good offense and play hard and then and then we're gonna lock in on the defensive end. Nah, Bruce 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 about effort and defense first. I I think Bruce Nate Oates is, is not. Yeah, Nate Oates might be different. Will Wade is not. Eric no, Musselman well, I don't is not. know, man. Will Wade. I don't care about Will Wade. <laughs> that, that's fine. I don't care what Will Wade but, about. But defense is always first. I think those coaches do preach defense. I'm not. Effort. I'm not saying they neglect defense. I'm saying there's more of an emphasis on the offense. They care about defense. I'm not trying to say that they're not that they don't. But it, it's it's 
it's offense and then defense and not vice versa. I just think I think Auburn and LSU do a better job of making defense number one priority. And this is the first year that LSU's defense has been good. The past two, three years under Will Wade, their defense has not been good because they've been able to get buckets. Well, I mean, and athletically, they've been they've been able to challenge teams as well. But I think, and I'll, and I'll speak for Bruce because I've seen it up up close and personal, and talked to many of guys that played in that team. Like you, you get some wiggle room to take a bad shot or to make a mistake on offense. Bruce is about that defense and effort first and foremost. And if you bring that, like he can tolerate other stuff. I I won't speak for the other other coaches, but I I will speak for how Bruce gets down. I do agree with your general point, though. Like, there's more freedom offensively than it seems like Tennessee has with their players. Like, I agree with your general point. And I I was all – It's freedom within a framework. You've got your framework of the offense, but the guys are able to go out there and play ball. And they're not afraid – to do what they feel needs to be done on the offensive end of the court to to get a basket. <laughs> I, love, I love I love the buskets, all the buskets. But yeah, but it, it's it's that's the that's my thing with Barnes's his style is, you know, he he is married to this and it doesn't seem like he's wanting to move off of it. And I don't know. I, I think it looks like this team is just playing a whole lot tighter um than some of the teams in the past. And almost afraid to make a mistake because they don't want to hear it from Barnes when they come off the court. Yep, I I completely agree. And they don't have the Grant or Admiral type of mentality, the Lamonte type of mentality, to where you know Barnes yelling at them doesn't really phase them. Right. Uh, I mean those those guys, I mean, they played tight at times, but because they had a because they were mentally tougher than than these guys they it didn't necessarily impact their game a ton so i completely agree with you this this basketball team plays tight watch justin powell watch kennedy chandler watch anybody that really comes into the game and i mean that is a reflection of the head coach i mean it is a a reflection of the head coach when your team plays plays tight and again we're only talking about getting over a hump we're talking about the yeah, difference not, between good and great. Yeah, we're not sitting here complaining yeah. about, you know, Conzo Martin losing a you know, almost half of his games or or anything like that. We're talking about just simply getting over hump. That's something we have not mentioned in fifty two minutes of the show that we have mentioned earlier in the week. Tennessee is is what, eleven and four and still the top, you know, third of this league. Still two months to go. <laughs> yeah, so like we're just talking about getting over the hump and taking the next step and what is missing. And it is, mm-hmm. I think, offensive philosophy. It is execution. Uh, it is confidence. That's what's missing. And then, you know, you compare to that to what you see around the league. And, um, you know, like that, that that game last night between Alabama and Auburn, Auburn scored 81 points. Alabama scored 70, 77. Yeah, there were some bad shots. But there was also some good defense and some unbelievable effort. And – you can't make plays if you don't, you know, you're not allowed to make those. I mean, J.D. Davidson uh, had a unbelievable dunk. He turned the ball over a lot. But, man, he plays hard. He brings the intensity. 
um, on defense. And, I mean, that's just a part of the game. And so you, you don't want to cripple guys and hinder guys because they're afraid of making a play. Like, we were talking about this during the break about Justin Powell. I was like, dude, he don't even dribble. <laughs> and Ben's like, I, he can dribble. He was like, <laughs> it's the difference between can't and won't. I was like, not really. Because if you're not doing it, it don't matter if you can't or or won't because you're not dribbling. It's like Justin Powell, he he reminds me of a shoot f- f- first guy in the NBA who can't dribble. Like because he won't dribble. He don't take dudes off the bounds. He don't he don't dribble more than a couple times before passing it to the top of the key. But like, he he is the greatest example of the difference in this newer age style of basketball that the, the teams that we have mentioned have brought into the league and and what what Rick wants and what Rick wants isn't bad I mean he's a Hall of Fame coach off of no, what, he, what he runs but Justin Powell was getting buckets at Auburn. He was taking people off the dribble at Auburn and getting buckets at the rim. And like you have that freedom with within Auburn's offense and those other offenses and and you don't necessarily have that same freedom in Rick's offense. And you can tell the difference. And, and I say Justin is the perfect example because obviously he played in Bruce's system and now he's playing in, in Rick's system and you can see a, a huge difference. Go back. I don't remember which holiday tournament Auburn played in last year, but go back and, and watch that tournament. I think they played like St. John's and somebody like that. Justin Powell was going off. He was getting buckets. And and that that's why it gets so frustrating because you see him, him do these things in this other offense that is successful, and then he comes to this offense, and th- this offense is, is just struggling. I mean, he's playing 19 minutes and not even taking a shot. And I agree with something you said off the air earlier, like he didn't have a ton of open looks. But still, 19 minutes and you don't have a shot? Yeah, that's just – that's that's Stokes. Or an assist? I yeah, think the, not even assist either. I think even magnifies it. That's weird. Stokes, tell me if, if – what you think about this. Being, tell me if I'm off here. Okay. Nick Saban was a was a Hall of Fame coach before he got beat by Johnny Manziel, got beat by the spread offenses there at Ole Miss and a running quarterback. But when it happened, it made him kind of change and adapt. Rick Barnes is already a Hall of Fame coach before he entered the SEC. The difference I see, like Saban is like, nah, I mean, I like what – we see in offensively, because I'm a defensive guy, but I do like winning. And so Nick Saban was willing to adapt a lot more. Another, I think, a perfect example is Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman is no Hall of Fame coach, but Sam Pittman is an old-school offensive line coach. And he brought in Kendall Browse, who is like the opposite offensively as far as philosophy than what what he is probably uh, used mm-hmm. to. But he knew that's the direction of college football and, and where he needed to go if he wanted to be successful and recruit. And I just, like, I, I'm using the parallels there because kind of Rick is kind of, I think, is at that crossroads. Like, 
hey man, this this, this analytic game of, of three point shots and getting the ball up and down the court and, and layups and and you know not a lot of people taking mid range um, shots. And remember last year Tennessee is one of the worst mid range teams in the country, and we try to address that this year in the transfer portal and recruiting by getting more three point shooters. We just haven't been able to make shots. So I think Rick is at a crossroads with, hey, he's already a Hall of Fame coach. He's already great. But to get over the hump, you look around the league and they they there's more of a great light. There, there's there are more bad shots. There are more um, you know, one on one play. But like Jabbar Smith chose Auburn over over us. Um, you look at some of the transfers that that Kentucky was able to bring and listen. Calipari is is a lot strict than, than Bruce and, and 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 Will Wade and Nate Oates offensively. But like you look at the those coaches' ability to bring in transfers. Like Nate Oates brought in transfers. They basically, had a brand new team of guys that was attracted to the style of play. Like one of Alabama's best players hit the transfer portal. And was like, nah, you know what? I, I think I'm gonna come back. I, this style of play is pretty good. Was that Shackelford? Yep. Yeah, he's like, I didn't mean, I mean, I, his problem I was, thought, uh, I thought it was better somewhere else, but no, nah, he he was home. Here. His problem, he was homesick. He's yeah. a, uh, I think he's Jer- from Cali. Is it Jersey? Oh, that's the other one. Jersey is a uh, Javon Quinterly. Yeah, Quinterly got the the New York the New Jersey Nets tattoo. Yeah, but they're both far from home. But one of them, I mean, got into the portal. Shackleford and said, uh, "No, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come on back." But my point is, like, they have been able to attract guys from the portal, I think, because their style of play, and we have been in with the same type of players. Um, some of them we've gotten, some of them we haven't. But offensively, I think Rick Barnes at a crossroads is, you know, how much he's, is he willing to adapt? How much is he willing to kind of change a little bit with the times because the SEC. Is an up and down league right now. That's that's yeah. my that's my point. Yeah, I I think some of it's adapting to style of play, and Rick definitely needs to do that. Um, he's beating his head against the wall playing basketball like they're playing. And granted, if some of these open looks that they are taking start to fall, we're probably not having this conversation. At least not as in depth. Um, that's been part of it. Is a lot of the shot selection has been good. They're just not hitting the shots, and you have and you're struggling at the free throw line. It's all in your, you know. A lot of it's in their head, and uh, Tennessee's lo- does look a lot better in those games if even a small percentage of those shots are falling. Um, it, but style of play is something that needs to be adjusted. Um, not only that, it's style of coaching. I think needs to be adjusted a little bit too. Um, it takes a certain type of player to be able to come in here and and get coached by Rick Barnes. And a lot of these big time shooters aren't going, aren't going to put up with it. Uh, they're going to go somewhere where they have some freedom where the coach isn't going to get off in their butt all the time for not dribbling the basketball as many times as they want him to before he takes a shot or something like that. Like it's, it's, I like Barnes a lot, but sometimes that, that strict disciplinarian type coach, um, it, it, you're cutting your nose off, spite your face, just to be that type of person. Man, I remember Matt Brown. Matt Brown was an awesome, was an awesome coach before they won championship in '05, and I remember Vince Young went to Matt Brown's office like, "Hey, man, kind of, you know, here's some adjustments. Let's play some music in practice. Let's 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 ease up a little bit." And I remember it being a story when Texas went on to win a national championship and beat USC in the Rose Bowl. I'll never forget it. 
I'll never forget it because I was a player at that time, and you know we had just come off a really disappointing season, and we watched the championship game, and we you know heard those things. We like, hey man, we sure wish we could do some of that around here in Tennessee. I remember that. But like, you take a a dude like Mac Brown, and Mac Brown has not won championships since then. But there's no way he's recruiting the way he is in North Carolina uh, if if he has not adapted a little bit to the 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 the, the times and. Maybe I'm just saying this. Maybe here, that's what that's what Rick needs to do offensively. Um, there's something going on, and Stokes, you said it. We would not be having a conversation if if we were making shots and playing with confidence. But there's right. obviously something that we see with confidence because we can't make free throws more than fifty percent of the time in an SEC game. That is all in your head. That is all in between the ears. So well, we won the game. We won the game, though. I don't think they're as good points. of a shooting team as yes. we thought that they were or as Rick thinks that they are. I I, I kind of think that Rick has his head in the sandbox and thinks that shots are just going to automatically start falling. But like this has been an issue since last year's start to conference play. When Tennessee got off to a good start and won their first couple of games, and then they lost to Alabama, and we were sitting here saying, "Well, they're taking open shots and they weren't falling." That I mean, that was that was a huge topic of conversation last year. What what Stokes said about we'd feel differently uh, about Tennessee if if the open shots were falling, and and Stokes is absolutely right, we would. But I've I've gotten to the point now to where like. Okay, but we've been having this conversation for a year and a half now. We, we've been having this conversation since the start of conference play last year when we were referencing shot quality, the analytics yep. site that judges you, your quality of shot and then shoots out a percentage of, well, if, if, if you continue to take these shots, then you win 84% of the time. Like We were citing those stats at the beginning of conference play last year when they were taking open shots and just weren't missing them. Well, that's continued to be the case all throughout last season and now into this season. And it's and it's pretty much the same guy. So, like, uh, it'd be nice if the shots start falling. But at what point does – I mean, you're just not a good shooter. I mean, you may have a good good stroke and whatnot and put in the work, but they're not going in, in the game. My man, my man Stokes, an hour has already gone. Um, it's already 8.04. My goodness, thank you for – <laughs> Adjusting your schedule and joining us midweek, bringing that midweek heat here on the program. Um, thank you so much, Stokes, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you uh, able to adjust the schedule for me. Um, that way I can come on today because uh, I won't be able to be on Friday. I hope y'all guys have a, a great rest of the week. And, uh, you know, Tennessee won. <laughs> that's Again, it. Tennessee won. So that's, that's, that's all that matters in the grand scheme of things. By 20. By 20. That's right. All right, Stokes, man. Love you, man. Have a good one. Love you guys. See you. Hour two coming up here on the program. Hour number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Stay with us.